And we only can do that by taking your business and asking yourself those questions about existing processes. Are you able to define? Are you able to optimize what operations means for you and your business? And it's going to vary because you may not be in the same industry as the, the person next door to you, but you have to define that for you. And when you do, ask those pivotal questions and then be willing and ready to make the shifts. Hello, and thank you for joining the Made to Inspire podcast. This is the podcast for dreamers, entrepreneurs, and business owners who want to go to that next level in your life with Kimberly Smith Austin and Misty Kerrigan. Each week, we will bring you tips, tools, and tactics that will inspire you to take action. Hey, 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 it's Kimberly Smith Austin. I want to welcome you back to another episode of the Made to Inspire podcast. I am here with my awesome and amazing co-host, Misty Kerrigan. Hey, Misty. Hey, Kimberly. We are still in the middle of October. And I don't know about you, but did October feel slammed? Um, it the did. The fun part about October has been, I love your background for those all listening to the podcast. It is definitely hope, love, French courage. It's a butterfly honoring the month of October, pink ribbon, breast cancer awareness. Yeah, um, yeah. We've also been in the middle of a series. We have really talked and laid it out for CEOs, whether you're CEO of one or many, um, you're in charge of your company. And so what we've been walking through is the processes from culture to collaboration. Even if you're one entrepreneur, you need a team and you create a culture around that. Uh, we moved on to execution to experience, meaning the actions that we need to get done to ensure that the company's moving where we need it to do but also taking in our personal experience, our authenticity and bringing that into the company. And then today we're gonna to be all about, which is kind of cool because it's in the wheelhouse, opportunity, uh, operations to opportunity, operations to opportunity. And in our coaching, both together and individually, we find that there's some struggle when it comes to operations in many companies, entrepreneurs led all the way up to where you kind of got your um, fill in the game, which was big organizations still might not have their operations to where they need them to be. Yeah, so true. And I'll tell you, operations, you know, I think of the old school game, remember? Operations. <laughs> you would get in there with your little tweezers and try to get the neck bone out, which was probably the most challenging piece of them all. But you were always getting in there little fine-tuned, little detail-focused things. And when I think of the game and it just came to my mind, it really relates to what the operations of any organization looks like. Whether you're a small entity just starting out, maybe you've been working for a major organization and you're an executive and you're trying to figure your way around the organization. Operations is everything. If I could say that, it's really the work of managing the inner workings of your business mm -hmm. so that it can run as efficient as possible. Getting that neck bone out, right? Getting that, <laughs> all those little parts out to make sure, regardless if you're selling a product, if you're selling a service, every business owner has to oversee the design and management of the behind the scenes. And that's what operations is like. And I'll <laughs> tell you with Misty and I's relationship and our business, 
you know, one of us kind of act as the CEO, one acts as the COO, one acts as the CFO. So we have all these roles, but we know together we must build an efficient organization. And so that's exactly what we're here today to talk to you all about how to improve your operation and really thinking strategically about the systems, the processes, and how you can bring that to life. I can't wait to share. I love that because we're looking at a lot of times when we come in, especially with the newer entrepreneurs who are kind of just starting out with an idea, which we have a book on, Millions of Possibilities. But even in the book, which is so funny, is we give the operations in the five steps, showing people how to systematically take something from idea to market. And the book itself is a how-to in the operations sort of realm, which is so funny to think of because a lot of times what we find is people stay in um, busyville right? and they stay busy and they get tired. But what happens though, is it feels like they're spinning their wheels because they don't have their operations and their daily sort of things that they do. They're just running around taking care of everything. And in some businesses, it causes them to shut down because they took care of nothing. (laughs) Even if you're one in one in your company right now, this is so important to get is what is your operations and really making some of that stuff into um, won't jump ahead too much to systems, but you can't have systems if you don't know what the operations are. Right. And you know, one of the things that, and all these pieces fall together. We talked about the C, we talked about the E and we're here on the O, but they're really an interworking part that must happen. And I'll tell you, regardless if you're a small business, or you're a large business, someone has to take that responsibility of the operational role. And I'll tell you, if you don't have someone, consider bringing maybe a contract or someone like us in to help you form your operational aspects or get someone inside so they can work on the day-to-day basis, looking at how to make your company go, how to measure and how to really put those processes in place so it can build you to the place of success that you're looking for. Mm. And I know, Misty, real quick example, yesterday I had, no, on Monday, today, I had the opportunity of working with a 75-year-old organization. And I'll tell you, I was really honored to be there. I looked at some of their archaic machines that are still there, but they're just there as vintage pieces. And as I spoke with the owner, And I've been working with the owner for a few months now, really helping them look at the operational side, the old practices that they're still maintaining and encouraging them to make some shifts with technology Mm. because it's going to change the game of how their business looks, how the business operates, the overall success of the company, even with their systems. I love that. And if they didn't have, even if they were archaic and they knew that they were operations, that makes it so much easier to come in and see where they're at and where they need to be and what technology might bridge that gap. But yeah. if um, in some companies, when you go in, it's just the person saying, um, I don't know, I do this on Mondays, but then I do this if that doesn't happen and if this happens and I have to do this, but there is no really rhyme or reason. And they're just kind of, if you will, staying afloat but not having intentional sort of actions. They just kind of reactions um, to what's going on in that day. Yeah, that's so true. And that's what I found with this organization is they kept track of everything. They were pretty efficient and it was all paper. That was my only concern. It was all paper, their inventory to their sales, 
to how they collect money. They were a cash only organization mm. who recently shifted into taking electronic transactions and things of that nature. But when you think about the inventory, that's key when you talk about the operation. So just getting them to shift a little bit and saying, what's the inventory? What's the uh, employee staffing, the payroll, which is another piece that they all manage on paper with their paper receipts. But guess what? They've survived for 75 years. So here's the truth. They've done something right operationally. I'm that. just trying to encourage them to shift to the new age. <laughs> so they, um, when I hear, and I just got to go to a, a thing last week, Bill Walsh speak, um, he kind of sheds light to why maybe Sears and JCPenney's and all those other stores that were once in the day, really big in operations and across the country started to um, decrease and stores like Walmart started to increase. Well, one of the operational things that Walmart did right away was they put all these antennas on top of the building so that they could get their scan codes back to the main office within every 30 minutes. And I'm sure it's shorter now, but every 30 minutes they had their full inventory across the country and they could see what was selling where. So what they would do is if something was selling more somewhere else, they would pack the truck that night. And by the next morning, that new inventory would be where it was selling the most. So they ran their operations through getting their numbers in as quick as they can so they can make those decisions in almost a real time. That's so good. And that's what I think today's business owners, today's market, we have to look at efficiency and that efficiency comes through, unfortunately, for some that don't like technology, it comes through the technology. The implementation of technology has allowed us to advance things in a tremendous way. Now, fast forward, my major was operations management and information systems, and there was no computer. There was no computer. <laughs> so imagine what happened to my world when they said, oh, we have computers now. First of all, I'm like, what is it and how do you use it? So that was the first shift. But then understanding that now I can take company A from A to Z in a shorter timeline really changes the game. Mm. And I love that you kind of worded that even prior to computers, there was information systems, which I could really appreciate as understanding there was still mechanisms to be able to get the information to the people that were making the decisions. I was working with a client today. And one of the things that we were laying out was what is she spending the most time on that someone else could just be doing and giving her reports mm -hmm. that if um, she's expanding and she's collapsing two companies into one, she needs to spend more time on decision-making and less time in the computer gathering the information because she has people for that now. People need to be giving her the information how she wants it so that she could spend more time in analyzing the information and then deciding um, if that aligns with the strategic plan or not. And so it was yeah. very interesting because um, we were talking about that some people where they start to fall and not really follow operations is they don't have them assigned or delegated out that they kind of are just used to taking care of all the operations, which puts the company at risk as it grows and scales. I agree with you 100%. And that's the value of, well, I'll use the word outsourcing, whether you choose to have an internal employee doing the job or you outsource to an organization that that's their playground. And we've talked about that before, letting them play in their playground and recognizing when you Mr. or Mrs. Business Owner, Entrepreneur, Executive, you are the bottleneck. We don't want to stop the operation from moving forward. We actually want to keep it running. 
as a business that's always getting better and better at what it does. And we only can do that by taking your business and asking yourself those questions about existing processes. Are you able to define, are you able to optimize what operations means for you and your business? And it's going to vary because you may not be in the same industry as the, the person next door to you, but you have to define that for you. And when you do ask those pivotal questions and then be willing and ready to make the shifts. I love that. And learn, learn from what's successful out there. I don't think there's a new industry. There might be people doing new things in industries, but there's not a new industry where you can't kind of see where someone was successful before. And the funny part is that when you think of the great companies now, it was back then as they're starting to be built, they're just getting their processes. Um, when Amazon first came out, I was in college and it was all where we got our textbooks. It was more of a, one of the first virtual bookstores, if you will, where you could get used books. Mm-hmm. And that was really great. But that's because in their operations, they didn't have the scale they are today and growing. I don't know if you drove, if you've driven through, I think it might be just California. It's like, there is Amazon buildings bigger than entire towns, it seems like. <laughs> but that's as they scale up, they're able to then expand faster and wider. But back in the day when their operations were, okay, how long is it taking to ship this book? And what does that look like? Because if you have your operations nailed down, then you could come back into them and make them even more effective. And that's where you scale. But the hard part is where we're, when we come in is people don't have a system. They don't have operations and they don't have a um, accountability to where to check in and then where to be able to have the process to even review your operations. Yeah, that's good. And that's really good because as you say that, I think about so many aspects of the modern day and I'll use the word the modern day organization and looking at things like the operational planning, looking at the finances, the product design, if you're a product-based company, but also QC, quality control, quality assurance, forecasting, all these things are key. But the one I think Amazon has killed is two things, supply chain management and Mm -hmm. logistics. Logistics. When you look at what they've done today, those trucks, we just got a new Amazon delivery in our community. I didn't know it was here, but what I do know is every day, if I'm working in my home office, I see young men or women drop a package and they're running from their truck back to the truck, to the house and the truck. And they have a process a strategy. They've done forecasting. They now can tell us your product will be at your house at 772 or 709 AM. They have really mastered this system, which is why they're a billion dollar company and and still growing. Mm, I love that. And I think the cool part with having it as the um, operations is once you are out of the weeds as, a, as an owner or entrepreneur and you really have some systems going and that money is coming in consistently, because for a lot of young entrepreneurs, meaning not in age, but in maybe you're just starting out in your business, that um, they live almost check to check off the business, even yeah. though they're entrepreneurs. And when you're living that way or where your business is doing that and it's not as consistent, you kind of don't stay in that creative zone. So if you have some operations that are already in place and you have systems that you're getting that money in consistently, then you're able to kind of step more into your creative zone and shift over to, okay, now where are some opportunities? But if you don't have those systems in and you're kind of, you're, everything you do is the work that gets the money in, you're only trading your time for work, 
that becomes where it's difficult to step away from the operations if you became the operations and really get into that creativity and opportunity, which I know a lot of us become op- entrepreneurs to live in. Mm-hmm. That's good, Misty. Because when you talk about the op- the opportunity in itself, there's a couple things that come to mind. And depending upon what type of organization you are, maybe you're a you have you're a publicly traded organization or you're not, you're private. Those are going to really determine how the opportunities lay out and how you as a business owner reposition yourself. So I think one of the things that we really want to hone in today is asking questions. And I mentioned that earlier, but we have to ask those questions as business owners and even as board members and depending on where your role role is in an organization or an operation, if you will. And the one I think about is what is the stakeholders asking for? You know, if you're trying to grow your business, your sales and improve the marketing, improve the overall service, we've got to go back to saying, what are the people we're serving looking for? Rather, it's the stakeholders, if you're a private health company, maybe it's the consumers on the other side and the board. So there's a lot of things that are driving how you operate as an organization. And if you tap into those things and make the necessary changes, you can see change happen inside your organization. It's funny you say that. And I've seen like sometimes when the stakeholders are, are just about the money, you see major organizations that are publicly traded lay people off. Yeah. And then that keeps the stakeholders happy for that moment. But then you see it, it upsets the operations people. Mm-hmm. And so if they can't have consistency in job, I think it's um, I, the one I think of all times, Wells Fargo is always in hot water for, for doing this is when their kind of stakeholders are upset and their profits are low, a bunch of people get laid off from Wells Fargo. Well, then they don't meet the demand and then they need to hire a bunch of people. So um, that's not great either. So when looking at those opportunities of what do the stakeholders want, there's lots of publicly traded companies who are voted best to work for. Yeah. And the stakeholders are super excited. In fact, um, Warren Buffett always says, invest in a company that you believe in, not in a stock. So really, and that was his long, he's a multi-billionaire off of investing in companies he believes in from the leadership who um, have that confidence from the people in the organization and the stakeholders. I love that. And the reason I laugh is my 15 year old uh, has now been following Warren Buffett and investing in some of the same companies that Warren Buffett has, which is pretty fun and interesting because every day he's like, mom, did you know Warren Buffett? Did you know? And I'm like, that's good, son. You know, I guess that wealth and investment camp that he went to this summer (laughs) may have given him a few nuggets, but he's really using it. But I want to go back to what you said about companies with their strategies and who they serve, whether it's the stakeholder or not. I don't know if you all know, but Microsoft laid off a thousand people, thousand people today. Today, and as a result of that, yeah, they laid off a thousand people. We know we're in a tough economy right now. Things are changing and looking at the stock, they're making some moves to that point that you just mentioned, Misty. So we really have to look at organizations, follow Warren Buffett's strategy and (laughs) look at how we can make our operations better just based on the needs of the organization and the people that we serve. I was listening to a, a Gary Vee thing today and he was saying as a consumer, now's not the probably best time to be flexing, he said, and making, you know, purchasing maybe some of the more bigger things right. that you would purchase. He said, as a company, it's time almost to switch to who are you serving and how, 
-hmm. So maybe adding to those experiences or adding to your customers, especially, um, especially if you're in services that would be considered a luxury, right? Or if people are starting to button up in the economy, that doesn't mean they're going to button up everywhere. But he was saying like something specific as are you paying for a bunch of TV apps that maybe you don't watch if you have five and have seven, but also as a business, and we've had other episodes about this, and even me and Kimberly have done this in our companies, and the one that we have together is, is this an expense we need right now, or right. is this an expense that we need at another level, and right now we can decrease that expense and, and stay um, under a budget. Right. And, and that's part of operations is budgeting. Right, right. And stay focused on our goals because, you know, if you're cutting from your bottom or eating from your bottom line mm -hmm. with these frivolous expenses, you limit your growth. You limit your ability to reinvest, to, to actually grow your organization in such a way. So I think a smart company that you are, that's something you definitely want to look at. And as you're doing that, look at the top three opportunities um, that are going to serve you well. As you look at your operations, your sales, your marketing, your service, you know, all your overall product, your manufacturing, your logistics, supply chain, look at that and say, what are the top three opportunities to focus on right now in this economy, in the changing marketplace? Mm. And I think about when you said okay. something, Missy, that really got me thinking, today's time reminds me back in COVID. When we first went into COVID, people didn't know what, when, left, right, up, or down. And as a result, they got very conservative with their spending. They, they, and, but also at the same note, the entrepreneur started getting creative as to what other offerings can I put out to pivot, to deal with this change economy, this change marketplace. People are inside versus outdoor. That's why you see Zoom grew gazillion times because guess what they cater to the needs of the marketplace even though zoom's been around forever i've been on zoom probably eight years ten eight maybe eight years and guess what now everything's on zoom the world's coming back but those are things that you have to look at as an organization even something um as uber you know like the taking over the cab sort of like gives me a ride during covid they just added uber eats yeah they already had the drivers they already had the infrastructure and now they just added a service to the structure that was already set up for people to move from place to place now they move food to people and um unfortunately um i think sometimes in this economy people forget that the starbucks now is more the uber is is more is like that's the stuff that adds up it will be more frivolous with the bigger stuff but if we're still like oh I don't feel like driving the five minutes or five bucks here. I don't, you know, maybe I do right. seven different services, 20 bucks here is really looking at that. And it's so funny because if you do have operations, you don't, you'll know your numbers faster. And it would almost be better if um, you personally had operations to kind of see, because um, there's tools there show you where your money goes. That's right. And, and I was looking at opportunities is, well, who else are you serving that you could add to? Because That's the right. price of getting old or new customers might, is a little more expensive than retaining the old ones or serving them in another way. That's right. And, you know, and the best way to do that is obviously presenting opportunities to your customers. And we talked about this on another show is even surveying your customers, finding out yes. what they want and then offering, I'm going to use the word an upsell, something else that would benefit them in the same line of product or service that you provide. 
And there's tons of things that we can do. To your point, it costs less to provide something for an existing customer than it does a new one. But I think when doing so, we have to think about how do we di differentiate ourselves in the marketplace? Because mm. when you think about, and I'll use an example of running shoes, Nike was here, but then Adidas, Saucony, Hoka, they came out. And I'll just give you a real example for those of you that don't know Hoka. They make a high cushion, you know, great for people with any kind of uh, foot issues. And they whole different marketplace and they've come in and changed the world because people are exercising. But now they have plantar fasciitis. They have all these other issues. Yes. It says, I'm for you. I have a shoe. Another. There's a, there's a specific generation who still wants to exercise, but does have the planters or the has different pains in different areas. So this company was very smart yes. in creating a stylish shoe, one for exercise, one for everyday life to be able to meet the needs of the, um, the baby boomers, baby boomers are still out there. I was just doing a multi-generational thing and the baby boomers and silent generation hold a lot of money that yeah. not a lot of people are marketing to. I love that. Love that. And I think if you're in the business, think about is, is my product something that can be transferable to those industries, to the individual, like you said, if I'm, if I, let's say I serve a younger market, but then I have something with a small little tweak that could also serve the older generation. Wow. I just created a new product line for myself. And every time I go into an organization, for example, I was at a vegan restaurant the other day and their restaurant, that's what they have. But I noticed now at the door, they also have the seasoning that they put on the food available for people to purchase. They also have cookbooks now for people to take some of their hot recipes for people to purchase. So they're directly impacting their sales, directly impacting their, their bottom line, their cash flow. Because now these are tangible products that people can not only consume while they're there eating, but they can take home with them. They just take them. Take we saw it. that. Remember they had like cookies, they had vegan desserts that you could take with you yeah. that you wouldn't maybe not normally be able to find at a like 7-Eleven because it was a very specific um, population they serve but they you come in because you finally find a restaurant which is sometimes hard for vegans and all of a sudden you're like in the walmart of uh, veganism to yes. buy and stock up it's very smart it is and i think when you think about it um, there's so many opportunities but as an operation as an organization you have to be willing to explore and ask yourself those tough questions. I'll give you one more example. I was at the water store where I refilled my five gallon jugs at it's around the corner supporting a local business. And as I sat and talked to the owner, it was uh, national dog day. And I said something to her, she goes, no, I didn't know that. I said, you know what you could do? You could take a dog bucket. I mean, you know, one of those bowls, put it out front for the locals who walk through the neighborhood, come through your store. And guess what? Maybe they'll patronize your organization for water for their dog, just something weird, you know, and just thinking outside the box. It's so funny you say that because turns out um, a water specialist had told me tap water is not that great for dogs. <laughs> so there's a great opportunity. I know there are some people out there that would definitely buy special water for their puppies. That's right. So I'll tell you, it's endless opportunities out here. But when you look at the operation to the opportunities, you have to be willing to explore. Again, asking yourself those tough questions, 
listening to your employees, listening to your consumers, listening to if your organization has a board, talking with them because marketplace is changing and you've got to keep your ear to the grind because things are changing and you every single that. day. Man, you nailed it. It's like, but you still have to take risk. Even look at the big organizations. At one point, I think Pepsi had bought out um, two other companies to because they have the system to, as you said, the supply chain to move everything. They got the logistics in place. So they bought out some companies and then they realized running their operations is it wasn't worth it. So they immediately, they sold them to more independent and made a profit out of it, but they weren't scared to buy it, run with it. And it didn't work. They got rid of it. So it's the same thing. Remember back in the day, it's like classic Coke and new Coke. That new Coke just failed because of a a false survey. People were like voting that they liked the taste of Pepsi and then that flatlined. So guess what they did? They, They got rid of it. I mean, now there's new Cokes and stuff, but you'll see that in companies. So never be scared to... And this is another thing. If you run your operations and you're in your opportunity, have some money set aside to try the new things. Don't go bankrupt over it. But if it doesn't work, don't hold on to it. But try adding something to like your uh, Kimberly is saying, well, if I add this to my upsell, it doesn't work. Then then you um, you do it seasonally. I've seen that McDonald's has the McRib only during different seasons. Yeah. Um, other stores learn to do that too. Like pumpkin everything right I now. I was right? just gonna say that. Yeah. <laughs> so there's different strategies to utilize to try new things. And then if it works, now it's there. But the whole thing is as a organization, as a company, as an entrepreneur, as Kimberly was saying earlier, is you have to innovate. You have to continue to set in the trends and innovate with them and before them, but you can't do that if your other things aren't aligned. And, you know, you said it best, our background, which says innovate and execute. That's what it's all about. Because truthfully, when you do, you may be taking a risk, but what if, and I want to leave you with this, but what if, and a lot of people say, but what if I fail? And there's the other side that says, but what if I fly? Take the chance, try something new, explore, ask the questions, get other people involved so that your operation could bloom and blossom into the amazing organization that your heart desires. We believe in you and you should too. And as we say every week, there's something out there waiting for you. Now Now go go get it. (laughs) Blooper. Thank you for listening to the Made to Inspire podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this episode and have picked up some tips, tools, and tactics that will help you move into action. Make sure you follow us on social media. We are made the number two, the letter N-spire you. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube. We're out there. But best of all, we ask that you leave us a review. Let us know what you thought. Let us know how you're going to use the information that we're sharing week after week to help you take your inspiration into action. We appreciate you and we look forward to seeing you on our next episode.